Welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast for dance teachers and dance studio owners who have a passion for the art of dance. Hello and welcome to Regold's Dance Life Podcast. My name is Stacey Morgan and I'm joined by the wonderful Regold. How are you, Re? I am excellent and even better now that we're hanging out. <laughs> I am excited because today's episode is brought to you by the Dance Life Teacher Conference. And the Dance Life Teacher Conference in 2022 is going to be bigger than ever. And I'm excited. I've booked my flights. Awesome. Yes, Dance Life Teacher Conference 2022 live and in person. And four ballrooms running at the same time and tons of energy, growing, learning. I am uh, so excited. I feel like this is the turning the corner of that last year. We were slightly coming around the corner. 2022, we're there live, exclamation point. I cannot wait. If you haven't been to a Regold's Dance Life Teacher Conference before, then you are in for a treat and 2022 is the year to do it. I said I've already booked my flights. You probably don't need to get so organised if you're you know, on your side of the world, Ree, but start putting put it in your calendar. Make sure it's there so that you know that it's coming up. It's happening at the end of July next year. What can people look forward to, Ree? A continuation of real teachers classes for those that are in the movement track, breaking it down, being able to learn how to actually pass it on to your kids. And a focus also, whether it's the business track or the movement track, about where the new world is at what parents are thinking, what are the needs of our dancers, not only in our classrooms and physically, but what do we need to be aware of mentally so we can give them, I don't know, the most well-rounded education. I think there's a need for a new awareness of what's going on with our dancers and the best way to guide them and be a good mentor, leader, and teacher. I love that. And the great thing about the Dance Life Teacher Conference is whether you're a dance teacher or whether you're a dance studio owner, there is something for everybody. So get your team together, book your flight, book your ticket, and uh, I will see you at the 2022 Dance Life Teacher Conference. (laughs) How are you, Ree? I'm excellent this week. I feel like, uh, I don't know, uh, more upbeat feeling in this world. Uh, For a little while, it seemed like uh, things were full of stress. So I'm I'm happy. I'm getting a lot done. That's awesome. I love that feeling uh, of productivity. How about you? Are you guys still in lockdown? We're out of lockdown now. We're kind of working towards the, you know, the grand opening phase again. (laughs) It's a bit of a roller coaster. How many times? How many times? Look, Ray, I can't complain. We've been in and out four times and there are people in Australia who have been in and out, you know, a lot more than that, or have been in longer stints of lockdown than us. Melbourne, if you are a Melbourne dance teacher and dance studio owner, you've been in lockdown more than anybody in the world. 
Melbourne's had the longest lockdown than any other city. So that's that's really full on. But where I live, I, I can't complain. But we are heading into, you know, our, our recital season here on this side of the world. And the people coming back to us, Re, from, you know, coming out of lockdown are the people who were really invested in the community that we mm. were building when we were shut down, when we couldn't actually meet physically in person, the people who engaged in, you know, all of the different offerings, whether that be dance classes or, or community building activities, that they are the people who are now, you know, coming back as loyal as ever. And I think dance studio owners and dance teachers all around the world are feeling that feeling that connection with those people who they really, really worked hard to get to know and to build relationships with. I'm with you on this. I mean, that was an awesome segue into what I think we should discuss today. Uh, so I'll, I'll agree with what you just said, and I'll, I'll add a little to that. In the States right now, the studios that seem to be, I guess, thriving, okay, thriving in this environment is a good way to say it. Yeah. Are the studio owners who had uh, established a community in their school pre-COVID, mm as well as through COVID. And because they, whether that was Zoom classes or like you just said, all the extra things that we did during lockdown for our kids and their families, the studios that went overboard on that, I believe they're doing much better, let's say, than the ones that are trying, and I won't say, this is how I'll say it, they're trying to reestablish contact mm. so that that sense of community was lost at some point. And not, not to say that anybody's wrong, but that was lost for whatever reasons. Yeah, so, and I, I think it's, you know, during that time, it was it you know it was a bit of self protection for especially the business owner mm. when everything kind of went south it it felt better just to kind of get into bed and pull the duvet over your head and not come out <laughs> do you know what i mean like it wasn't it was such a long stint for so many dance studio owners that for a lot of the time there was this lethargy there was this I don't know if I can do this for another day. So, so stepping up to build community and, and, and build that sense of belonging was really hard at times. It's true. And uh, I don't mean to sound negative about this, but there were many of us who were faking it. Okay, oh, we, were, yeah. we were giving it our all. And then when you got done with whatever it was you were presenting or trying to motivate kids or people, you could close the cover of the laptop and just be in this, like, how do I, like, I made it. Yeah. But, boy, I, I don't know how much longer I can do this. And then repeat that process the next day. 
Mm. And that that repetition of that roller coaster of emotions and roller coaster of hormones that's pumping through your body is you know, is fatiguing. It's it's not healthy and when so many of us had to do it for so long, I think it had a really um a, a real physiological impact on our bodies that we perhaps haven't really thought about <laughs> or you know maybe we did get unwell and and therefore have had you know had to really face that and and front up to that but there's there's this kind of underside of that you know that that period of time where stuff was really hard yes and I do believe the lesson to be learned out of this is that if we ever found ourselves, God forbid, in a situation like this, and we still had to keep rolling our businesses, I think what's clear is we better think community. Mm. We need to think uh a sense of belonging to something for these kids and their families yes we are for many a once a week dance lesson but i believe we could be more and the pandemic has showed us i think how to be more let's let's talk about that yeah i think for so many of us we thought when, when we first went into shutdown, we just thought about the product and service that we offer and that people are paying for. And that was top of mind. You know, I need to run, you know, 40 jazz classes a week and 40 tap classes a week. Like how do, how do I make that happen and the logistics around all of that? I'm kind of lucky, Re, on my side of the world in that we, we had the first shutdown, lockdown last year and then what happened was we went back to pretty much normal for, a, you know, a good eight months. And then we did it all again when Delta came. And in the second time round, I had the opportunity to, to think about things differently and to do things differently. And so what we did second time round was we focused less on the services that we provide in terms of making sure that there were 4,000 classes for the kids to choose from. And we did a lot more community building. We did a lot more checking in. We did a lot more, um, you know, ice cream parties for the senior kids and princess tea parties for the little kids rather than the big dance classes themselves. And I think that really helped mm. to to really kind of establish or reestablish those connections for the students with their teachers. Because I see that reconnection now that we're back in the studio I see that that the, that connection that the parents have with the teachers who who did all of that extra outreach. It's really it's different in a, in a good way. I, 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 it is different, and I will say in a good way. And this is a perspective that I have about it. We could be focused on that. I don't know, extra class or making sure they have strong technique, which we should focus on in our classroom. But to, to have an impact 
where a child gets excited to run into the studio because they just love the teacher. They have something more than this person who, you know, puts on the music and now we're doing our plies and week after week we repeat the same thing. That's not going to build as much community. So yes, focus in on good education, but some of the things that you just said, I mean, the princess party for the kids. If it's something you have never done in your studio to bring here this, all of your preschool kids together and their moms and the three or four preschool teachers in the studio, that's like quite a community. And those moms are gonna be excited to meet other moms whose kids are in the studio. You're beyond the dance lesson there. Yeah. And I think more than ever right now, that stuff's important. And it's 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 stuff that maybe pre-COVID we would have thought was really um, not unnecessary, but kind of just like an added extra. Whereas I feel like now building that stuff into my yearly planner, building that stuff into my season mm. is more important than ever because I, I can see the benefit of having – you know, the parents in the room, as you said, meeting other mums and, and connecting with my teachers and, you know, f figuring out what the equivalent is for the senior kids and, and making sure that everybody has that opportunity to, to come together, not just to do the plies, but to do the other stuff as well. I think that's, I think that's a really important element in building our businesses that perhaps we don't think about enough. Agreed. And building... I want to think of how to put this in words. I can see it in my head in the classroom, but building this curriculum where kids have a chance to recognize each other, have a chance to create this, like these friendships and a sense of belonging like that, that class is a team, even though I'm not talking competitive here that class is a group of dancers who are, are growing together and learning together and they know about each other. And like I said, it's, it's that belonging. These are my people. And you can yeah. do that with a group of five-year-olds and their parents. Yeah. We what are some other ways when I say uh, belonging that come to your mind, Stacey? Well, I think it's really important for people to feel like there's a there's a relationship. It's not just about the the transactional relationship between the parent and the dance studio. Like they come in and they pay the invoice, and um, you know they they purchase the ballet shoes or they you know do the things that the dance mums need to do. But instead, they feel like they're building relationships. So, what are ways that you, as a dance studio owner, can invest in your team and invest in your team's professional development so that they they learn ways to build that connection and build that community in just their day-to-day -day interactions so I'm not asking you know we're not talking about doing any you know coming in six extra days a week but when that person comes to the front desk how are we going to build community how are we going to show them that they are loved and cared about and it can be as simple as you know it's really important in our studio that 
that we know who the parents are and, and where possible we remember their name and, and their husband's name and the dog's name or, um, you know, any siblings that are always coming in at, at drop off and pick up. It's not okay that we just say hello to little Katie who's coming into the dance class, but it's also important that we say good morning to Scarlett who's not coming into the dance class. The sibling that's standing with the mum, that, that building of relationship and that, that connection building I think in this post-COVID world is is really important because if they feel like they have a place where they are known and they are loved and, and people care, then they're more likely to continue to be our students for longer and, and continue to be our dance families. Katie might decide that she doesn't want to dance anymore, but, you know, then we're more likely to want to put Scarlett in a dance class and, and you know, that they continue then to be a customer that, that we have nurtured. And that nurturing, I think, is really important. It's funny, uh, in response to what you just said, I was in a session earlier today, and I'm going to connect this dot. In this session, uh, there were some initials for this, but this is what I'm going to call it. Notes on our clientele, okay? Mm-hmm. And... Let's say it's that initial conversation, somebody's inquiring about lessons, or let's say after a couple of years, you had a conversation with the mom as you were walking out the door and you just learned about her. She's mm-hmm. been one of those people who walk in, pay their bills, smiles at you, but you don't know her. But on this day, it clicked and you got to know her. Keeping notes on your clientele so that people who are behind the desk do know those siblings' names. Yeah. Do know that there's a dad in the picture. And I don't know, just I was listening to that and I think I'd be really impressed (laughs) if somebody said, you know, I heard your, I I know your husband wasn't feeling well last year. How is he this year? Yes. Just like kaboom. Like that, that's a connection. Yeah. I'm not saying it doesn't take time, but I think it's worth it in this new world that we're in. I think that that's just a system and process situation, Ray. I think if there are systems in place for, you know, where does this information go after that important discussion? And I say important discussion, like it's not, it's not rocket science, but if you do get pieces of information like that, it needs to go somewhere so that somebody else can then carry on and use it. And if that, if there is no system in place, then it will just disappear and then the person at the front desk will be none the wiser and, and that's also fine. But if we really want to focus on the, on building this sense of community and building this belonging, then I think we do need to put some systems and processes in place to make sure that we don't have to try so hard to to make it happen. We don't have to wait until the staff meeting and then everybody you know, tells everybody the 15 tidbits that they got from <laughs> different parents this week. I think um, – we all we all use CRMs in in our business, um, and we all use different ones, and they're all great. They That's all have, it. They all that have was their, the yeah. CRM. Tell everybody what it stands for. Customer relationship management 
system, which is exactly what we're talking about, building customer relationships. So it's not just about, you know, that's where you put the information about what child is doing what classes and, you know, what's their email address. They also have, you know, great functions in terms of notes that you can jump in and, and make that note for that parent um, that they do have, a you know, a, an illness that's going on in the family or that sibling does, you know, play soccer or the dog's name is Benny or whatever you need to remember. Um, and I think we don't utilise that enough in our businesses. Agreed. And as crazy as it sounds, the, the description someone used today was talking to a customer who loves jogs and just wouldn't stop talking about how much she loved dogs. So that was something she felt she was going to write down and know and bring up every time that she had a conversation. Beautiful. I love that. So it might sound a little like, well, that's not dance related. It's, it's community related. Mm. And I'll throw in the other word, the, they belong you're in your community, your concern with them, etc. And that's what's going to help people stay. Yeah, that's what's going to fuel those important conversations that happen in the car on the way home when the child comes out of dance and says, you know, I don't think I want to do this anymore. That conversation with the parent, you know, can go one of two ways. Either the parent goes, okay, do you want to try soccer? Or if they feel a sense of belonging and they feel like it's something that's important to them, the conversation is going to go a lot differently. It's going to be, well, how about we try a different class? How about we try tap instead of contemporary? How about you, you know, come on a different day with a different group of kids? It, it, it's, a, it's a chance for a, a completely different um, experience for the customer and an experience that I think that, you know, we work so hard to get our customers in the door and then to, to do good work in our studios, we want to make sure that that hard work is rewarded by our kids sticking with us. Absolutely. This made my mind go to another uh, topic related to this. For those of our listeners who may have lost kids for whatever reason, as we talked about at the start of this podcast, know that you can still reach out to them and don't let that go. Like, don't think to yourself, well, they're not here. Reach out to them, let them know that they still belong if they want to mm -hmm. dance, that you miss them in your community. Yes. And don't think they're gone. Think they're still there. You sincerely wish them the best and you hope that they return to dance real soon. And if you're planning events that aren't specific dance events, like we talked about before, Ree, the princess tea party or the ice cream party or the, the disco or whatever it is that you're planning that is based on community building, inviting those kids who have left, that's the perfect thing to bring them back to because it's not, you know, too salesy. It's not too pushy, like come back and tap next Tuesday, do it immediately. It's like, hey, we're having this fun event there's ice cream, do you want to come? And just getting them back inside the door might be the thing that they need to, to re-spark that, that passion that they lost when they had to do everything on a screen and, and be enough to get them back in as a, as a customer. 
You know, I want to say that I think is a brilliant idea. I hope all of our listeners <laughs> think about that. Bringing those kids back, getting them into the studio, not trying to sell them a dance lesson. They have an ice cream. They miss their teacher. They see that teacher. I think that's brilliant. And I think it's, I think it's easier than we think, especially at this time of year, to be able to put something together like that. And there's lots of great holidays coming up that you could use that as as the theme for whatever event that you're going to put on. So now's the time to do it, I say. Get in and start building that community. And I think that connection as well. Um, at last year's Dance Life Teacher Conference, Re, um, Miss Hetty talked about the connection that she built with all of her dancers during that, you know, during that COVID period in that she was reaching out and calling all of these parents on the phone, she said some of the phone calls, you know, were five minutes. They, she, she said, hi, it's Miss Hetty. How are you going? You good? Good. Okay, great. Just touching base. And, you know, some were big 45-minute cry fests and that was okay too. But she said that that homework, that behind-the-scenes work that had nothing to do with a plie or a shuffle was really, really valuable in building the community and, and building those relationships with those families, some of which came back and, and some of which didn't, but who will forever have that sense that they were cared about and they were, that, you know, someone was looking out for them during that, during that time. And that doesn't have to be, you know, COVID specific. You can reach out to your dance families, past or present, at any time to check in, to see how they're going. And, you know, I, I call it a, I call it a welfare check-in. I, I call it a mental health check-in. I just send them a text and say, just checking in to see how you're going. And they're, they're people I've built relationships with, but I'm just as likely to pick up the phone and say the same thing. Haven't seen you in a while, just checking you're okay. And that that can be really powerful too. I agree. I um, think it's time for us to begin to think as much about the technique, the syllabi, all the other things that are our priorities in the studio to also think and prioritize this community culture. And uh, I've repeated it over and over again, but and belonging to something. Yeah. And uh, not only will we flourish because that actually will help retention, but if we ever found ourselves in a circumstance again that affected our business or even slightly affected our business, like we've been through in the last year and a half, I believe we'll survive. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I don't want our listeners to think this is like a show this is no I love what I do and building a community if that's what's going to keep us together and me being authentic with my clientele that is the 21st century yeah but I think also, Ree, there might be some studio owners who are thinking, oh, my gosh, I'm not going to call 200 people. That's I hate the phone. I don't want to be on the phone. And that's okay. I think 
it doesn't actually have to be you. It's it's better if it is. But if you want to outsource that to your team, if you want to give, you know, pay them to, to work an extra three hours this week and make a phone call to everyone in their Tuesday jazz class or everybody on their Thursday tap class, just to reach out to make that connection, I would rather, you know, I would rather people outsource it to people who do enjoy talking on the phone and do enjoy building that community rather than just do nothing at all. Especially if you know that it's not your bag. <laughs> yes, I, I I would say that, but don't hold back. Meaning, let's say I was a little nervous about this, or even nervous to have somebody else do it. Pick five people that you think <laughs> this will be an okay conversation yeah. with, and break it in. Don't just start cold calling everybody uh, <laughs> am i making sense yeah. i don't know yeah no it's good you got to get some momentum you got to call the nice yeah. ones first yeah and and the other thing is re some people won't make the call because they're afraid that that person's going to have you know opinions and feedback to give about the business and how the business works just remember you're the person that made the phone call so it's never going to be as bad as if you leave it 3 weeks and then they call you Okay, good. Does that make sense? Yes. Get on the front foot. I have people that I check in with every three months that are um, families in my dance studio just because I know they have a pattern of blowing up every six months. So I try and beat them to the punch. I call and I go, how's your week going? What's going on? And then they tell me, but they're not as fired up as if I leave it. And some months I forget and then they blow up and I go, oh. That's right. Forgot to call okay. them. <laughs> we've used we've used this word, but uh, a couple times I think in this podcast, mental health. You become the psychologist. You're giving them a mental health check-in yeah. before they come to the explosion point. That's worth every penny of tuition, right yep. there. Hundred percent. And and I'm I would much rather they blow up at me than they blow up at a member of my team. Good point. Yeah. Very good point. Because I need my team and I want them to love coming to work every day. So I'm happy to cop it on the chin. And it's, love my, it. it's my business too. So, you know, if they've got feedback, then then I, I'm, ha- I'm happy to take it. Then we can change it and make it better. And then they can explode about something different next month. <laughs> Whatever they decide that, to pick. And yes, but, but uh, as a business especially in 2021, everything's evolving so fast. Yeah. So yeah, next year, your students and your parents may have yet a different issue or (laughs) the world may throw a different issue. I think we better get used to this kind of, uh, well, I'm trying to think how to say it. Like uh, you never know what's going to happen attitude. Mm Mm-hmm. And go through life finding all the things that you can appreciate because I don't think you're guaranteed anything and I don't think it's always easy at this point. Mm. And it's that way for our clientele and our students as well. Absolutely. Well, one thing is guaranteed, Ray. I'm getting on a plane next July to come to the Dance Life Teacher Conference and that... that <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by the Dance Life Teacher Conference 2022. We are all getting together in Connecticut. We do hope you can join us. You can book your spot right now. 
go to regold.com and get get on board so that you can join us. It's going to be a good time. It's going to be a celebration. We're going to celebrate each other. We're going to celebrate our resilience. And we're going to work to have an impact on all of these lives that we have the opportunity to change. So with that, I am wishing that all of our, I was going to say viewers, but listeners, enjoy the journey. Thank you for joining us for Regold's Dance Life Podcast. Learn more about joining the International Dance Entrepreneurs Association, the Dance Life Teacher Conference, and the Dance Life Retreat Center at regold.com or follow Regold's Dance Life on Facebook. Enjoy the journey. You've been listening to another Morgan Media production. 